beautiful soul and welcome to the break the cycle podcast with dr marielle where i help you to understand how you can shift from intergenerational trauma to intergenerational abundance i'm your host dr marielle and in this third episode of season two i'll be talking to you about why self-sabotage is a trauma pattern that is handed down and you heard that right we don't just come out of the womb with self-sabotage as a general mechanism in which we learn to cope with the world. Self-sabotage is a practice that is learned and it is a practice that very often is learned by way of how it's been modeled from the people that were adults in our lives when we were growing up. And so... It's going to be really critical for us to all look at self-sabotage from a lens in which we're able to see its origin story as being connected to what other people did and how we learned that we needed to destroy aspects of our lives that were moving in the direction of growth, of healing, of all the things that are essential and necessary to be ever-evolving as a human in this world. So, let me ask you this question so that we can get started with a bit of a reflection. Did you ever experience any one of your family members giving up on themselves? Like, maybe they were shutting down, which is more of a passive type of self-sabotage where they were in that nervous system response on a continuous basis where they just went into emotional withdrawal and weren't dealing with aspects of life that were necessary to deal with. Or maybe it was a more active mechanism of self-sabotage where they were actively engaging in self-destructive behaviors that created for their lives a lot of dilemmas. I'm wondering if you can reflect on what that brings up for you and what you actually saw. If any thoughts, feelings, or emotions feel prominent for you as you hear those questions. It's very typical for any of us to experience a lot of emotions when we think about the different ways in which inherited trauma responses like self-sabotage could have come into our lives by way of what was modeled, by way of the lack of broken cycles that existed inside of our lives whenever we were growing up. Typical emotions that people feel whenever they're engaging in these self-reflective practices are anger, even rage sadness, disappointment, and the big kahuna, which is shame. Maybe you're experiencing some of these, and if you are, I do invite you to enter a point of reflection, engage in some journaling, process it with your therapist, do all the things, because this is where a lot of the growth starts to burgeon in your own 
acknowledgement of the emotions that it brings up for you to have these kinds of reflections and then engaging in further analysis, not only of your emotional experience, but also further analysis of what you saw growing up. Now, before we go any further, I'd like to remind you that whenever we're engaging in any trauma-based content, it's important to anchor your breath. So this is probably a really good moment to do that. Wherever you are, just gather your breath, deepen it a bit, nourish your body, engage in a nervous system relaxation response as best as you can. And if it helps, if it's something that you might need, I've created a free sound bath meditation for intergenerational trauma, which you can find on my website at drmariobouquet.com slash podcast. Now, self-sabotage is something that people tend to experience or engage in, but some people aren't really very in tuned with what it actually is. So to help you with at least my rendition of what self-sabotage is, I see it as the painful but self-inflicted action that deliberately messes up your life. Although deliberate, self-sabotage can often be a subconscious process, meaning that you don't even know you were self-sabotaging. You just behaving in a way that aligned with your deepest beliefs about yourself. The belief that you are not good enough and that therefore you are not deserving of good things. Ooh. <laughs> oh goodness. I'm sure that a lot of you can resonate with that belief at some point or another. I've been very open about the fact that I've struggled with imposter syndrome for a very long time and one can say I'm in recovery of my imposter syndrome. However, it has been a struggle. And I do believe that imposter syndrome does lead to some self-sabotaging behaviors. Like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be here. And so therefore, I will do something to sabotage my reaching a different level in this business. Right? And so... If you're a recovering self-sabotager or a recovering imposter syndrome person, I don't know what to call it, um, I'm with you and I understand. And also, I hope that that little tidbit of my own story allows you an opportunity to see just how incredibly human and common these kinds of experiences can be. Many people genuinely struggle with this kind of experience and very often they find a way to make it very much their own. People that self-sabotage will self-sabotage by way of engaging in self-destructive behaviors like, for example, reckless driving whenever they're angry. And one can say, at least as we see in some of the patterns clinically, that there were family members that were also engaging in self-destructive behaviors. And so it makes it so that you may have learned to be self-destructive whenever you're feeling angst about something or whenever you're feeling like you don't deserve any better than chaos. 
So I would definitely urge you to consider, well, how is it that self-sabotage shows up in my life? What is it that self-sabotage, um, what, how is it that it looks? What are the ways in which it manifests for me? What are the ways in which I see myself engaging in destructive practices and patterns? And it's from that point of awareness that we have an opportunity to start gauging how to move forward. It's important to be able to think about the ways in which we saw these kinds of patterns floating about in our childhood, early adulthood, any time in our lives before we start thinking about the very mechanisms of healing it forward. And I know that you may have some clinicians that may say, well, we don't have to rehash the past in order to move forward. And that's one way of thinking about this work. But when it comes to intergenerational trauma work specifically, being able to get into the past and into the layers of the past is always going to be a good idea for disrupting patterns. And so in whatever ways it may make sense, I do like to invite people to engage in any kind of uncovering of patterns that they've seen that have contributed to the ways that they see themselves now and have contributed to the ways that they behave now and have contributed to the ways in which they self-destruct now. In order to understand the now, we have to get into what the past has done to us. Yeah. All right. So whenever journaling is available, I would also journal about these things. I would draw diagrams, graphs, whatever way feels like it can be helpful for you to map out and engage in the content of your past, then I'm all about it. I'm all about getting creative and bringing out just an intuitive know-how of how to process anything that has deeply hurt us. But with anything that has hurt us or any circumstance that has created hurt and pain inside of our lives, we typically adopt specific scripts about ourselves. And with self-sabotage, the process is really not exempt from those internal scripts. We develop internal scripts, some of which are kind of fitting into the categories that I mentioned before, that we believe that we're not good enough and that we are not deserving of good things. However, there is a more personalized version of those experiences, and I'm wondering if you have ever thought about that. What are the ways in which I see myself as a result of believing that I am not good enough and believing that I am not deserving of good things? What are the ways in which I have adopted an inner belief system that leads to self-sabotage? And wondering about that and thinking about that and creating some sort of an external narrative about that. What I mean is that you have an internal narrative that's kind of unconsciously always operating in the background of your mind and creating these behaviors. Um, You're acting on the behaviors, you're acting on the beliefs 
that you believe about yourself. So your behavior is belief dependent. However, if you want to disrupt the behaviors that depend on the beliefs that you have, it's important to have a really, really comprehensive understanding of what those beliefs are. So that means that you'll have to answer this question in as much depth and comprehensiveness as you wish. What is it that these inner narratives are telling you about yourself? What is the internal script? And what is the external script that you can then write as you rewrite your story? The other thing that is important to understand about self-sabotaging is the ways in which it is showing up in the present that is creating some sort of a crisis in your life or at least creating enough disruption that it's not allowing you to experience happiness and experience abundance. How are you self-sabotaging now? Are you doing so in relationships? And if so, what does your specific brand of self-sabotaging look like in relationships? Are you doing so at work? Are you delayed on a few of the tasks that you're supposed to be handing in on a daily basis? And is that a way that you are leaning into that internal narrative of not being good enough or deserving of good things? Because eventually you could get reprimanded, you could get some sort of a bad review or even lose your job. And then really what happens in that moment is that your self-sabotaging practices then lead to self-fulfilling prophecies, which is very often what reinforces the narrative of, you see, I'm not actually good enough and I don't deserve good things because look, all these bad things continue to happen to me. One other way in which we self-sabotage is by suppressing our own joy. And I wonder if you can reflect on that piece as well. In which ways might you be self-sabotaging in order to suppress your joy because you don't believe you are deserving of joy? Again, not good enough, not deserving of good things. There's a lot of reflection that I offer in this episode. And part of my hope was that I could engage in the process of offering deepened reflections in this process of intergenerational healing in between the times when we have guests on the podcast, that these can be reflection periods for you, that you can engage in a deeper self-analysis of how you can help yourself through your healing journey, and that this could be yet another tool that you could use. So I'm hoping that it offers you that much and that you would be inviting, of course, to the sound healing meditation that accompanies this podcast so that you can also experience abundant healing and allow yourself to have a nervous system reboot. If this is at all helpful, let me know wherever you follow. And I'm hoping that you can take a lot of deep breaths after you listen to this. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode. 
that it was an interesting angle to intergenerational trauma that you needed to reflect upon and that it can expand your mind and your perspective of intergenerational healing in a way that's new and effective and insightful. And I'd love to hear what your favorite part of this has been, honestly and truly. I am hoping to hear from you and not um, just speak into the ether of these podcasts and not know really how it's resonating. So wherever you can, let me know. And whenever we're talking about trauma, remember that our nervous system registers it. So it's important to do all of the practices that are going to be essential for you to take in those big, big inhales and offer your body a full release. I have also a waitlist for my book that I have right on my website, drmarielbouquet.com. Top right corner, you'll see book. If you want to get pinged whenever I release the book into the world, then you're welcome to sign up and you'll be the first to know. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you have a beautiful, beautiful day. I'll see you at the next episode. Thank you.